Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Today I'm speaking with BBC broadcaster Sophie Rayworth about running the OCC. For anyone unfamiliar with the OCC, it's a 55km race in the Alps that is part of the UTMB race series. There's 3,300 metres of elevation, it's extremely technical and takes most people well over 10 hours to complete. Uh, Sophie talks to me about how she managed to train for it and why endurance running is one of those rare sports that allows us to improve even as we reach our 40s, 50s and beyond. My racing is a little less impressive than Sophie's, but I shall be lining up at the big half this weekend. So a big shout out to any listeners doing the same. If you see a man struggling to keep pace with the 130 group, it could quite possibly be me. And I will be accepting gel, sweets and words of encouragement from strangers. So hopefully see some of you there. Right. So without further ado, let's go on to speaking with our guest of the week, Sophie Rayworth, about the OCC. Guest of the week. Our guest this week is BBC broadcaster Sophie Rayworth. Sophie's just returned from Chamonix where she recently completed OCC. So Sophie, welcome uh, to the Runners World podcast. Great to have you on. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Congratulations. How are you feeling after the, uh, the weekend's uh, efforts? Yeah. I am hugely relieved. <laughs> I really, I signed up to do this race, the OCC, which is, uh, I'm sure a lot of people will know, is the, the baby race of the UTMB, that very mm. famous trail race around the uh, Ram Mont Blanc uh, that starts in Chamonix. And the OCC is the smaller one. Um, so in my head, I thought I wasn't going back. I thought it'd be not so difficult. Yeah. Um, and it is actually 35 miles long and it is so much climbing. And I'm really glad I hadn't really got my head around what I was doing, because if I had known what was coming, I, don't, I think I would have pulled out. <laughs> so, so what was it about the OCC then that kind of piqued your interest? Why, why did you sign up for it in the first place? I, that's a very good question. Do you know what? I signed up a long time ago. It was sort of pre-pandemic. It was one of those races. And I think I, it, I'd just come back. I think it was just after I'd done the Marathon de Sable, which was back in 2018. And I thought, sort of thought, oh, I, can, I got a taste for this long distance yes, running. Yes. And I had a friend who I was running with, a Portuguese friend who I, who I ran with a lot in London. Um, and he had, he was doing the full race, the hundred, 106 miles, um, around Mont Blanc and they climb something like more than 30,000 feet in that time and he did that race and he was telling me all about the UTMB and I'd heard about it before and I'd had other friends who'd done it and I thought go on then why not sign up and it's notoriously difficult to get into and there's a ballot and um, and so it was from long time ago and it was sort of rolled over and rolled over 
um, and and here I was with a place post pandemic, yeah. and I thought I better do it because it's so difficult to get into. Um, but it was it was quite extraordinary. I've never I, I mean it, it was up there with the long stage of the Marathon de Sable, definitely. And it was one of those things I really actually didn't think I could do. Um, it was it, when I got to the finish line, I was <laughs> I was so relieved. Because <laughs> I mean. As anyone who's been to Chamonix or, or, or the Alps knows, I mean, it, it's, it's on a completely different scale, isn't it, than anything, certainly anything in the south of England where I guess you were doing most of your training. What, how did you try to replicate what you were going to have to do? Well, I was, for quite a long time, I didn't think I was going to go. I was so convinced I wasn't going to be able to go or I'd have to pull out or I pulled a muscle and then I thought, that's it, it's going to be all over. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I, to, be, to be honest, I didn't train nearly as well as I should have trained. And also my work over the last seven or eight months has been mad. I thought I, w I didn't realise, but I, I, um, I, I was asked to stand in for Andrew Marr on the politics show. So I was doing every Sunday plus my normal job so I was basically doing six days a week so my training you can imagine the long Sunday run when when you were actually working yeah. on a Sunday morning went out the window so it was all a bit it was all a bit hodgepodge my training um and it's only I only really stepped it up I've just been doing basic sort of marathon training and I stepped it up in the last six weeks or so I've been I spent a lot of time on the Isle of Wight and um the sort of the the, the biggest run I did was 24 miles across the Isle of Wight okay. but that was only that was less than 3,000 feet of climbing and last uh, Thursday I had to do 12,000 feet so the <laughs> there was something of a gap between my training and what I actually had to do whether which is often the case isn't it what for someone who hasn't been to the UTMB what what is Chamonix like during race week do you know it was absolutely spectacular I'm I, I, I was I had four very very happy days I couldn't stop smiling it was you go to I, I mean I've never been I've been to the Alps I've skied I've only ever gone down mountains I've never right. never gone up them um, and I've never been to the Alps in the summer it was beautiful obviously to start with um, and then I arrived in Chamonix which I've only ever been to once years ago with my dad I mean like 20 30 years ago and I arrived in Chamonix and it was the atmosphere, it was absolutely buzzing. There were races already underway. It's a week of races and there are five main races that start the, the biggest. The, I think the smallest is 40K and the biggest is 171K, which is the UTMB. Um, and there was a race that was already underway and there were people coming. I kind of got an idea of what I, what I was in for because I saw as I drove in, there were people coming off the mountain, these sort of haunted looking people who, <laughs> yeah. who as it turned out, had been out on, out there for more than 40 hours, I think. Um, and you go in and there are big screens around the town. The town is packed. Um, there's not an ounce of body fat in sight. I've never seen so many fit people in my life. Right, yeah. And everyone is in running kit and everybody is jogging and doing this and running and, you know, walking with poles. And um, But they, you've got these big screens and people just congregate around them and watch the races. And the races, the UTMB organisers have done an amazing job actually getting filming these races because all the runners all the elite runners mm. and it, this race does attract the best of the best it, you know Kylian Jorni he, he won as I'm sure people know yeah. in spectacular style he won the UTMB Tom Evans the Brit was there he came third and they have the elite runners have people running with them um, who carry steady cams, small handheld cameras, but steady enough that you can brought. And these these images are broadcast live on big screens in the yeah. town. So you sit there and you watch it, and it's really mesmerising to watch. And then also when the races finish, 
you you know i was sitting one evening um after i think i'd finished my race after my race sort of refueling having a glass of wine and a bit of steak and in a in a row in a sort of one of the streets where the runners were coming through and they come they were the the last sort of i don't know the last quarter of one of the really long races mm. the ccc which is 100k and it was amazing because you're sitting there having dinner and through and the runners keep coming right by you and you're clapping and cheering them and they've you know they've been out there for 40 old hours yeah. um, and it's just the atmosphere was wonderful and and also when you do you know the race i did when you come in at the finish everyone is out on the street and they're all there lining the streets cheering you on <laughs> it was it's it's addictive i can completely see why people get addicted to to running those those mountain races so you, so you might you think you might go back? You think you've got unfinished business? Here. I I'd, so I did it in I I did it in what did I, under twelve hours. I thought I did it in eleven hours and fifty something, fifty four minutes. I think it was. Yeah. Um, my friend Nuno, who's my Portuguese running friend, he who he'd said I think you should I think you should be doing it in ten hours. So I felt a bit. <laughs> he said you've got to do it in ten hours. So now I feel I need to go back. I've got a bit of unfinished business, but. Um, and also my friend um, Susie Chan, who uh, who I've run with for years and years and years, my ultra running friend who, who's now at Peloton, she was supposed to come with me and uh, for various complicated reasons, it didn't work out, she couldn't yeah. come. Um, and she wants to do it. So, I mean, whether or not we can get in next oh, year, it's right. a ballot, it's really hard. Yeah. But I'd like to go and have a good... Yeah. I know, yeah. I have. It was great. The thing that... I found so, I mean, surprising. I should, maybe if I'd actually read more about it or actually thought more about it. The, the climbs were, I mean, you were, you are literally, you set off from, so it's called the OCC because it's Orsière, which is in Switzerland. You go Orsière to champex le lac into Chamonix, so it's OCC. Right. And those are three mountains you climb. Um, and they really are mountains. I mean, the worst one was the middle one where you go from Trion up to somewhere called Col de Balme. Um, and I, somebody had sent me a map and I've only just like studied it okay. in the last couple of days. I'm really glad I didn't look before because there was 10K from Trion, which is the aid station at the bottom. There was, there were eight, like the Marathon, Marathon de Sable actually, they had aid stations every 10 kilometers um, and you could get water and food and all the rest of it. But um, it, from Trion up to the Col de Balme, which is more than 2,000 meters, it was six miles. So I climbed for six miles <laughs> nonstop. And it's not just, it's not sort of gentle climbing, it's switchbacks, really steep climbing. To some of it, you had to hold on to ropes, some of it, you had to hold on to chains. You know, there were drops off the side of the mountain. Um, and, and also then you're contending with the altitude. And I've got, I, you know, my first marathon I did years and years ago now, more than a decade ago in the London Marathon, and I blacked out because I had, I, I got dehydrated and I got heat stroke basically. Um, and it was really hot on last week in the, right. in the Alps. And halfway up this big climb, I started, I started to think again, my, I, was, I was getting really breathless and my heart rate was going quite high and I was only hiking. I wasn't even running because you can't run the ups. Yeah. Um, and I was going up with my poles and I kept thinking, I'm gonna, I felt dizzy. I felt a bit sick. I thought, oh my God. And every time I even stopped for a few seconds, my legs were tingling and I thought, this is it. I'm gonna black out again. What do you do if you black out halfway up a mountain? Um, but I didn't, I got to the top and then, and then downhill was, uh, I would like to say it was easier, but it wasn't because it destroyed your quads. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's often said, isn't it, that actually it's, as the race goes on, it's the downhill stuff that you start to dread, which seems kind of counterintuitive, but actually is, is true when, you, when you're there. 
I've never done a race like that where you have to run so much downhill. And it was, and again, it was sort of three or four miles downhill. And it's not, they're not smooth paths. You're, you're jumping over, you're having, dancing, dancing over tree roots and rocks. People kept saying to me, it's technical, it's technical. And I didn't understand what they meant by technical, but I now know what they meant by technical. Technical means there are lots of tree roots you're going to trip over and lots of rocks and stones. Yeah. And you really have to watch your feet. Um, and that, when your quads are hurting, by the end of it, my legs were screaming. Uh, it was really, really painful. <laughs> but you just want to get you just want to get it done. The last three or four miles, really steep downhill into Chamonix, but you can see that you can see the town and you can start hearing the people at the finish yeah, line. Right. And you just like, I oh, just forget the pain, just go. <laughs> would, would that be your advice then to anyone who is thinking of signing up for one of these races? Would be to really concentrate on maximizing kind of elevation in terms of going up and down as much as possible in training yeah i mean that's now if i if i do one of these again i would what i would do definitely is is because i on the isle of Wight, i did <laughs> it sounds it seems ridiculous now i laugh when i think what i did i sort of went up a few gentle hills and ran them i ran up a few hills and ran down a few hills and they were hills they were small hills and this was such a you know two three hours of going up non-stop and no respite at all um if i did it if i do it again if i did it again I would, I would definitely go somewhere, you know, get the Lake District or go to Wales or go to Scotland, yeah. some really properly hilly place, a mountainous place, and practice hiking properly with poles up, 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 and then running down. Or go, you know, it, for me, I'm, I'm in London, so, you know, somewhere like Box Hill, I would just repeatedly go up and down, up and down Box Hill. Um, just, and I'm not, I still don't quite know um, how you strengthen your quads to to deal with that that down that pounding i asked holly rush who did the oh, yeah. she did the ccc um and i asked her how she or did she do this she did one of the longer ones and maybe it was the tds anyway she did one of the longer ones not quite the full but one of the longer ones and she said she just she does she does normal marathon training and then she gets a stairmaster and spends weeks going on oh, one wow. of those yeah. um so that's you know it is it is a case of doing that um, and just really getting your legs ready for, for what's in store. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You have done a lot of like, really impressive endurance races now, like obviously the Marathon de Saab was one you did a few years back. How, how does something like this compare to it? Or is it, is it so different that it's kind of, it's hard to, to compare them at all? The, no, it was actually really similar. I mean, it was obviously completely different terrain, but it was in, in my head. It, it's a mental game. Mm. It is a mental game. And uh, it was very, very similar. And I felt the, the, I didn't know if I could do it. I wanted to pull out before. <laughs> yeah, I kept yeah. thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I really wanted to pull out in the run up to it. And I thought maybe I should just, just not do it who nobody's gonna know again i hadn't i haven't really told anybody i've done it i haven't said i've done it publicly i just kept it really quiet i thought it doesn't matter you don't make a big deal of it it doesn't matter if you don't finish it that's fine and it was one of those things you just i just went out and and you have to it it, it does become something where you're fighting your head and just saying mm. okay just just it's one foot in front of the other keep going and it's only when i was sort of you know, coming up to the, the last mountain. And this, you know, you, you're going for 12 hours and there was no stopping. I wasn't, yeah. I went through the aid stations, but I wasn't stopping. I, I kind of grabbed water, I grabbed food. I must have been in there for five minutes, no more. Um, and I never, ever, you know, when I do, when I trail run in the UK, I'm, I'm notorious amongst my friends, you know, I'm very quite happy to have a little break um, and stop yeah. and faff around, take a few photos. I, mean, I hardly took any photos, I hardly stopped at all. Um, but you just have to, you, you kind of blank out the time. I, I remember looking at my watch and suddenly and thinking, gosh, it's quarter to five. I've been going since 9.15. I had the concept of time goes out the window. Um, and it's just one of those things you just, you know, again, I got to the finish line and I just thought this is like the Marathon de Sable. I didn't think I could do this. Um, and again, I have proved that, you know, my I am much stronger than I think I am. My body is much stronger than my head thinks it is. Um, and you can do it. It's extraordinary, which which is what I love about these races. It's really empowering to think that I'm 54 years old. And that was the other thing, actually. I, I got, I got, uh, I started looking in the weeks before, and I started looking at the uh, the past times that people had done in my category, you know, 50 okay. to 54, yeah. and thinking, you know, how long is this going to take me? And it was 11, 12 hours. And I thought, really? And also then I looked at the number of people in my age group and there were hardly any doing it. There were hardly any women my age. And I was thinking, what have I, why am I doing this? What have I let myself in for? Um, and so that, that had started playing on my mind as well. And, you know, on the day, I kept, I, there were about 50, I think there were 55 women my age group. And I came yeah. 14th. And I thought, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. So, girl from London, um, you know, no, no training at all. So it, it's, that's what I love about it. It actually, yeah. you, you kind of think, well, actually, you can do it. You can, if you try, you can. Totally. Yeah, no, you know, you, your marathon times have been improving, haven't they, for, for many mm. years. So I think, that, I think that is really inspiring for people who maybe come into running you know, in the 30s or 40s to be like, you, you've actually got, you know, you've got, you've got potentially got a decade or more of getting, of getting better at running. Because there's a lot of sports where that's possibly not going to be 
the case. And I think running is quite unique in that sense, actually. I think that's what, I mean, people often say to me, you know, oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? Oh, it's too late for me. And I say, you know, I'm too old. And I say, well, how old are you? And they go, 43. <laughs> like, I didn't start till I was 42. And I'm still getting, well, I don't know about still, but I, until literally last year, I was still getting faster. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was, you know, if I hadn't been doing this job, this other job all this year, my plan had been to, um, train really hard for the London Marathon and try and get a PB this year, yeah. um, which is not going to, I don't think, going to happen um, because I haven't done the training. But um, I think you can, it's, that's what's wonderful about distance running. And, mm. you know, you, you can get older and you can get a lot faster. I mean, my fastest one, fastest marathon, I think I did in 2019 and I did my first marathon in 2011. Yeah. So, it, that's that I love. That's what I love about the sport. Is it's not something that you you just do when you're young. It's you know Susie Chan and I both came to running late, um, yeah. in our late thirties, and have both got faster and faster and stronger. Um, and there aren't many sports I think that you can say that, um, uh, you know, say that about. Definitely, definitely. Um, as far as like fitting in training, because as you say, like you're very busy anyway, but you're particularly busy over the last year. Obviously, you didn't you didn't get on the stairmaster and do do quite enough reps for Box Hill. But how how do you manage to fit it in? Because it, I think from the outside it would seem like wow, that's someone who's obviously extremely busy, quite quite a high pressure job. Is it, is it hard to fit in the training for a kind of endurance sport like running? I had to. I mean, I did. You know, you do, you do one big. I have been doing one or two big runs a week, and I, mm. I it it boiled down to I was working every day except Monday, and it boiled down to running to and from work. So I would, right. that's, that's what it was. And I was running back and forth from work. I was I, having to do my long runs on my one day off, or if I couldn't quite fathom that, cause I, you know, I just, I was getting really tired <laughs> doing both jobs. Um, and if I couldn't quite cope with that, I, I would on a Sunday when I did the, the politics show, I'd have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go on air from nine till 10. And I, a couple of, a couple of times, um, I went running after, after straight after, so I'd run either run home and do it a long way round, or one morning um, Nuno, the the Portuguese runner, yeah. pitched up at the BBC and um, was really brutal, made me do like fifteen miles. <laughs> come on, come on, no stopping! I was I was so tired, um, but I, you just do it. You have yeah. to do it, and you know, you know, you know, with distance running and you know with marathon running, there's no corner cutting. You have to do it, mm. and if you don't put the training in. Uh, you're not you're not going to get the results at the end of it and yeah. you have to just do enough that you can get round. Um, and you are doing you are going to do London then by the sound of things oh yeah and that's really soon isn't it that's like <laughs> five, that's that's <laughs> it's a month away uh yes I am in London I've got my good for age place which right. that's what I yeah. need to try and uh, hold on to so yes that's I've just been on a 5k run and my legs were feeling that was my first run since uh, the OCC and my legs were fairly tired but uh, yes, I need to sort of start going up on that again. But I, I need to. I just. I'm going to. I want to get my good for age place, which I think is. I think I have to get under four hours or something. So, I'll see how I do. <laughs> I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, it's a lot flatter, isn't it? It's a lot flatter than the OCC. It's, it's a lot flatter. flatter. Yeah. It's definitely a lot flatter. Yes. So thank you so much for making the time to come on the Runners Podcast, and congratulations about the OCC. Sounds like you'll be back at some point to Chamonix, so we look forward to that. Yeah, I tell you, do you know the one thing about the OCC, the UTMB? Can you imagine you run all that all that mileage, you do all those miles, and do you know what? There's no medal. Yeah, yeah. They don't have medals. 
There's yeah. no medal at the end of the OCC or the UCMB for them. <laughs> That's, that, that played with my head a bit. I couldn't quite get my head around that one. You get a gilet. So I have a very, very pale blue gilet that oh, says I've finished it. it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing for oh, my medal right there. Oh, well. I'll get oh, one yeah. from London, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. We know you did it. You officially did it. So you Definitely did it. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, thanks again for your time. Much appreciated. Great to talk to you about um, the OCC and your running in general. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for making the time to come on the podcast. Pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Sophie Rayworth, and to you, of course, for listening. You can once again subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5. Head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk forward slash Runners World podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. You can listen to the Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. Please subscribe. It makes us very happy. And thanks very much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.